Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? On the eve of the NFL season, Amazon enters a new age with Thursday Night Football as Mark Teitelman takes over the prime video producer reigns from Fred Gadelli, who just received the Pete Rozelle Radio Television Award at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. While the lead producer may change, the data-driven philosophy remains. Amazon Web Services CEO Adam Salipsky joined former NFL All-Pro wide receiver and current Amazon analyst Larry Fitzgerald for a LinkedIn conversation with the NFL Network's Cynthia Freeland. AI and Sports, How AWS and the NFL Are Changing the Game, reviewed how and why the company and the league collaborate. Salipsky, Freeland, and Fitzgerald explain how AWS collects and presents the data to fans, teams, players, and broadcasters, enhancing enjoyment while educating everyone simultaneously. There's so much talk about like AI and machine learning, and I would argue a lot of people don't kind of really know what that means or how it impacts their life. How does it really work from the standpoint of like the data and analysis we're able to get on football? Like what is the machine learning that AWS is providing for football fans that we need to know about? What does that process look like? And and maybe kind of why? Well, I I think let's start with the why. Uh, The the why, well, there's player safety. And I I think we'll talk about that a little little later. That is absolutely imperative. But just from a fan's perspective, so making the game better for the fans. So uh, you got a lot of fans who, who can see the what, but that they don't get to see the why. They don't understand the why. They don't get sort of the, the X-ray of what the game uh, is really like. And you can just see the thirst for that with fantasy football and uh, uh, video football games. And there's so many ways that people want to get in, uh, in, inside this amazing game. And so uh, machine learning and data is helping people do that and bring a new, a new level of understanding to the game from people. So it starts with data collection. So we've got sensors on uh, the ball and the sidelines and the shoulder pads and the cones and uh, even the referees and pretty much everything else. And we get over 300 uh, million data points uh, in a year. It's a lot of data. And so the question, well, what do you do with that? I mean, a, a human being you know, can't deal with that. Uh, and even uh, kind of classical computing, it just takes a long time and it's laborious. But uh, with the power of the cloud and with m- machine learning, you can basically look at all that data with, uh, with, with AI and machine learning systems and extract insight from it and, and, and show people uh, things. So you can, uh, you can look at things like separation from a, uh, from a defender. You can look at uh, a top speed. You can look at uh, a probability of, of a win you know, before and after a given play. You can look at whether it should be a run or a, a pass play on a, a, on a critical fourth down. And uh, as a result of those things, you can um, actually start storytelling for fans. So uh, we can ingest all sorts of data uh, about teams and their performance and actually feed uh, announcers uh, just cool little tidbits like, um, you know, this team uh, is the second best performance performing team uh, playing under retractable domes, you know, when they attempt to pass, you know, on a third and long. And things like that, that, you know, a, a human being, you know, no matter how deeply into football uh, are just never going to come up with. So it's all sorts of things. Uh, uh, catch probability. Uh, there's a great one, but uh, just Jefferson got the uh, play of the year last year, an incredible catch. And we're able to put it up and show there was a 29% probability of actually making that catch in the first place. 
Uh, Larry's like, yeah, whatever. I could have made that. But no, I mean, um, I, I, I agree with the probability, but the probability of him making it one hand falling down, you know, like the, the odds continue just to go up, you know, with the severity of the catch. Yeah. So I, I think it's about you know, bring that kind of insight uh, to the game, just making it a better experience. And whether you're uh, whether you're looking at it online, whether you're listening to the announcers, commentators talking about it. Uh, and of course, on uh, uh, Thursday Night Football with Prime Video, there's the Prime Vision uh, with Next Gen Stats View, which is a geek out fast where you can just watch the whole game with Next Gen Stats on Prime Video. I feel very seen right now because I really like watching that feed. So maybe I'm just kind of a geek. But look, um, I actually used one of my favorite stats actually helps me really contextualize what's going on is it's something it sounds very simple, but the real time ability to tell like personnel readings, right? Like 12 personnel, I do preseason for the bills last season. No, the bills use personnel, uh, 12 personnel. So two tight ends on the field at the lowest rate in the league. You know who told me that next gen stats this season, they drafted a first round tight end Dalton Kincaid. They'll run 12 personnel a ton. So we already have a story that we can be tracking saying what's the difference for Josh Allen and this offense now when they use 12 personnel or not. So just something like even doesn't sound as it, that one's not even as complicated as expected catch rate, right? Like that one's like, wow, okay. We can even just look at things like that. Like without having to rewatch with, you know, we used to have this thing like this cowboy clicker. So like you would click and watch it again. And you'd like, take this note. Anyways, no cowboy clickers, even it's real time ability to, to tell. So obviously you can see the tight collaboration, even that example is a tight collaboration between the AWS data science teams and what my teams, the NFL Next Gen Stats team are delivering and we get a bunch of great insights. But Larry, you have such a unique perspective because not only were you like this top end player, but also now you have such a level of insight as to how all of these stats work. Like, what's your take on all of this? Like, do you like it? Are you like, oh, it's too robot-y? Or what, what's the kind of, what's your read on that? No, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, Adam touched on a few points. I mean, it's I think it's brought fans from, you know, I don't care if you're the casual fan who just in your office pool or you the, the nerd that wants to watch, you know, every single small detail of the game um i think it's something for everybody and as a player i really found it to be helpful for instance you know you always want to be on the field you want to play but there's there's times where you know just the data shows that you you've overworked that week and you need to take a couple days off or you need to cut your rep down for the following day so the way they are utilizing the information that we're getting from all of the data points i, I think are really helpful and are going to help players play a lot longer um and also now sitting in my current position um you know in the booth you know this gives me so many more talking points to be able to talk about specific details that make this player, I think, more dynamic than this player based on these statistics, right? And so not only can I see it from my perspective and my eyes, now I can use, you know, data and, and stats that are that weren't available to us even five years ago to be able to help explain that to the fans and people that are watching it on TV why I see it the way I do. Salipsky, a Seattle native and Seahawks fan, shares his favorite next-gen stats. You know, you're always concerned as, uh, as a fan, of course, about, well, are we going to win? So uh, being able to track the win, the win probability, you know, kind of play by play, I think is pretty cool. And it can swing dramatically. So there was one play last year where uh, uh, Cincinnati uh, had a 46% chance of uh, winning the game. And uh, then they had a fumble recovery. I think it was against the Ravens. And all of a sudden their, uh, their win probability uh, shot up to 88%, you know, after that one play. And that's just a really cool thing to know. You're not just, oh, we got the momentum swing. 
uh, but what's actually uh, uh, what, what's what's actually happening to your chances of, uh, of 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 your team winning. So I think that type of thing can give great uh, great insight. I really also love knowing what's going on. You know, which which players besides the obvious things like well, how many yards did the running back get? Uh, we've got things like you know expected yards after contact uh, for the for the runner versus what they what they got on that play. Uh, and, and that, that's, it's that kind of stat, which kind of really gives you, I think gets you a lot closer, uh, to the players that you love and, and knowing, uh, knowing what's going on with the game. So again, I, I think just becoming, you know, m- much part of the game, going into the game, if you will, uh, is what, is what all of that does for the fan. AWS's CEO notes NGS informs NFL draft decisions. Freeland says data drove the Hawks' success. We love all our NFL teams, of course, but we, uh, we work a lot with the Seattle Seahawks and, uh, being able to help them with actually uh, player personnel decisions and uh, getting new and interesting and great looks at players that they wouldn't be able to understand the data on before dumping all that data into a data lake and doing massive analysis mm-hmm. on it. So uh, AI is kind of the next frontier. It is. I mean, last year's draft class, if there any uh, any indication of how well the AI is doing for the Seahawks, two tackles, two defensive backs, running. I mean, that's a pretty big haul for them. So I think that's a good yeah. case. Regarding drafts, Freeland and Fitzgerald provide fantasy football advice on both sides of the ball, including her top pick in an IDP or individual defensive player league, while Fitzgerald selects his top wide receiver and explains why his first fantasy pick comes from another position group. The state of the game is really interesting. These top end wide receivers keep getting paid more and more money. And we see the game. Now, if you look at the percentage of throws, especially on first and second down, it keeps year over year increasing. So the role and the importance of the wide receiving position just keeps going up and up. Obviously, you know, we've got our Justin Jeffersons, our Tyree Kills, our Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, like the, the list goes on and on. You know, look, who do you think is the most kind of similar to you? Who's going to, who are we going to be talking to here, you know, in a couple more years, you know, 15, 16 more years. And what can we kind of expect from the pass catchers this season? You know, I mean, there is a plethora of really talented players out there and I enjoy watching, you know, all of them, you know, from Devonte and Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill and CD lamb and Justin Jefferson, like we can go on and on, um, you know, but I, I really liked, you know, there's there's a guy out there in L.A. that I, I'm, I'm really in love with. Um, I'm, I'm in love with um, Cooper Cup, but there's a guy down in down in the Chargers that uh, Keenan Allen is really, really special, talented. I, I love I love players who are really versatile. I mean, you see, he's he's constantly in motion. You can line him outside the numbers. You can line him up inside the numbers. He's a matchup nightmare. He gets on some of these smaller nickel backs, and he's so shifty. But he's also six foot three, two hundred pounds. He can catch the tough contested t- catches. He's not afraid to go in there and block and dig out people in the in the, in, in, the, in the line. Um, you know, he's a really complete player, and um, whenever he's healthy, coupled with Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, I mean, the Chargers really are, are fun to watch. Um, you know, they really came on strong when he came back healthy last year. I think he still just has you know so much room to improve. Um, he, he's a really talented player. I know I'm just giving one analysis on one guy that I really like, but there's so many players, and you know, he's somebody I, I do enjoy watching. That's great. I also like he kind of lines up like we're a little bit more similar to where you lined up. Um, I'm curious. I'm gonna do he's one much more. more talent. He's much more talented than I was. I mean, the way he come, the way he can get out of his breaks for a man that big is just really impressive. I, I don't, I don't know how he drops his weight and separates. You know, with that, um, with that kind of you know firepower, it's uh, it's impressive to watch. 
So right now, Justin Jefferson's going number one overall for fantasy football draft. So it's either like some people want to do a running back strategy to take Christian McCaffrey. Other people do Justin Jefferson. Do you think that like to earn fantasy football points, obviously you need catches, touchdowns, and you need to make it earn a lot of yards. Do you think that he's going to be our, the number one when it's all said and done at the end of the I know you're in Minnesota, so or you have Minnesota ties. So I know that, uh, you know, you, you know this team very well. Do you think he's going to be worth the number one fantasy pick? You know, I, I've always believed in taking the back just because they, they can rush the touchdowns, they can receive the touchdowns. And if you have Christian McCaffrey, he throws them too. Um, and then you think about the San Francisco 49ers and who they have on their team, Debo Samuel, uh, Kittle. Uh, they got the best left tackle in, in Trent Williams. They're committed to running the, running the football. Brandon Ayuko, I mean, they, they're very talented. So you can't just sit back and key on one player. The Minnesota Vikings lost Delvin Cook in free agency. Jordan Addison, they drafted in the first round. Super talented player, but he still is a rookie, right? Um, and, you know, so when I look at the, the complete package that the San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey brings to the table, it's really tough for me to pass up on him. Ooh, I like that. That's Hey, listen, that's that's a great answer. I'm trying to get like midway through the draft so that I get like picking like five or six so I can take Travis Kelsey because when I did my projections, the difference between tight end one and tight end two was bigger than the difference between three and four, et cetera, like between running backs and, and wide receivers, et cetera. Yeah. So I, we've answered some offensive questions. So who who is the first defensive pick on the board right now? Well, the, when you have like an IDP league, like you got to look for, it depends on how it's scored. But I'm going to tell you, I just wrote an article. I just finished writing it and I used a bunch of next gen stats to do it. And I use computer vision, which I code myself because I'm that big of a, a dork. Um, and I was a little surprised to see the difference between my first, second, and third most valuable defensive players were like in like really, really small. It was Nick Bosa, number one, Miles Garrett, number two, and Micah Parsons, number three. So it, it might not, you got to see how your fantasy is scored in terms of IDP mm -hmm. leagues, but. Those three were the biggest in terms of win share, which is a metric I came up with to sort of it gives your when you're the subject of a like when you're rushing the passer and also you draw double coverage, which means it's easier for other guys to rush. This is the first time Aaron Donald hasn't topped that list in a in a while. But it, I mean, it's it's very minutely different between those three. So T, so TJ was not was not in that conversation. He's number Number five. Okay. He's number five. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see you. You pick Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa hasn't been to training four. camp yet. And Nick Bosa hasn't been to training camp. That's a, that's a that's a really tough. That's a tough. That's a tough pick. You know why? Because so when when you know offensive line coaches talk about your cylinder, right? When mm -hmm. when when offensive players when tackles get their cylinder in the way of Nick Bosa, it doesn't matter. He slows down the least, and that's <laughs> that was and that's why he had all those sacks because he slows okay. down the least even when his cylinder where they're 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 squared up on him and their cylinders match really interesting miles garrett actually if you look over three seasons miles garrett leads in terms of rush percentage for that nick bosa last year had the most but it was an, it was an interesting one. and micah parsons has the best three like burst so the first three yards traveled he has mm -hmm. the fastest burst Solipsky explains how aws impacts the fan experience on tv and in stadiums Folks are wondering what generative AI means. So it, it means uh, the ability to kind of create new intelligence, to come up with new things. So it's not just uh, uh, analysis. So machine learning in general or AI in general is the ability to basically think and look at conclusions and analyze in an intelligent way by machines uh, what's going on with a whole bunch of data. But that's not the same as, as creating new things. And that's the generative piece of generative AI. 
Uh, and so that's why you you, know, you can go to uh, uh, to a large language model and you know ask it to create you a, 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 a Shakespearean uh, uh, you know uh, sonnet on uh, uh, you know on the third week of the NFL season uh, when it was unusually cold or something like that, and it can do it. But um, uh, you know I, I think where it's where it's going um, uh, for the NFL is uh, uh again i think it's going to make uh make the game more more interesting and approachable uh i think i, I gave a couple of examples about how we're actually going to help analysts and commentators uh have more useful information kind of draw can create more content about teams about players looking at at uh, all of the data that no human could ever look at and synthesizing new, new insights uh and actually being able to uh, to use that in uh, in broadcasts um, but another totally different application is AI is also being used uh, in the stadium. So uh, we've got these uh, just walk out uh, stores now in a lot of stadiums where um, you can just you know, go in and uh, in some cases swipe the palm of your hand with Amazon One and then just grab a beer or whatever, a hot dog and, and just walk out and, uh, and not, uh, uh, not, miss, uh, uh, not miss any football. And uh, you can also imagine the future kind of curated, personalized experiences at the stadium for you where uh, you got personal information coming to you. It tells you where to go for your favorite food in the stadium, and it might know whether it's a hot day or a cold day. So I think from, uh, from the analytics to the commentary to the in-stadium experiences, uh, there's just so much incredible innovation to come. Freeland, Solipsky, and Fitzgerald discuss how health and safety are at the heart of the AWS and NFL partnership data determine rule changes and define a digital athlete. The NFL is using data to try to better predict and prevent injuries. You predict them, you can help prevent them. We've seen rule changes this year based on information gleaned from so a lot of this AWS data. You know, it maybe it won't be forever, but you're going to see some changes to the kickoff rule, etc. Adam, can you talk about how AWS technology is helping with the player safety? Because people, it, it is hard to get anything changed in the NFL. It is one of the most corporate corporations there ever was. So this is super impressive. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, first, I just want to completely agree that uh, keeping these athletes safe is by far the most important uh, thing that we do with the NFL, despite all the, the cool, fun other stuff. And uh, we're, we're actually doing a lot together. It's an amazing part of the partnership. Uh, uh, part of it is just uh, uh, taking uh, all this uh, uh, data that's coming off of players and being able to use it in really important ways for safety. So uh, you mentioned helmets, and uh, we're actually able to work with the NFL and analyze all of this helmet data and uh, get it 10% more accurate than it had been able to uh, be done before and do it 150 times faster, which are huge swingers. And as a result, the NFL is actually able to you know, produce and give to teams and players like really much better and accurate recommendations about what helmets to wear. And clearly that's you know, a, an incredibly important thing. Um, another one that I thought was just uh, fascinating and important is uh, at least from my, uh, from my football playing days, because I was an 11 time all pro. Oh wait, that wasn't me. Sorry. That was you, Larry. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 did, uh, I did play some football and uh, you know, I remember the two a days right at the beginning of, of camp. And then you taper down, right? You start high, you know, and then taper down the load as you got to the regular season. Well, there's a lot of injuries uh, in, in those first few weeks. And uh, using all this data, uh, we in the NFL, um, you know, figured out that basically you want to do it the other way. And you want to start slower and ramp into that, into that workload. And by doing that, if you look at a lower extremity uh, injuries, year over year, they've gone down 26% in the first two weeks. 
of uh, of camp but by by kind of looking at the workload and it's not only cumulative workload by team you look at it by player and you go this player got a, a more of a workload whether it's how far they ran or you know what kind of and how many hits they took and you might want to give them uh, uh give them a different kind of a load so uh i i think uh, just you know looking at all that data uh and actually making concrete recommendations that then go into you know different decisions and we're also taking all that and all the data coming off players and and, and we've made what we call a digital athlete and can actually make digital representations of every player. I mean, a digital Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, what could be possibly be better? And the real uh, thing. The real thing. A good answer. <laughs> that's the only thing that's better. <laughs> and uh, that, that digital athlete, we can run you know, infinite simulations about weather, turf, shoes, uh, time of year, temperature, and uh, you know, millions and millions of simulations, and then come up with uh, with data driven uh, uh, analytics and recommendations about. Uh, equipment and workload and things like that. So I think, uh, I, and that's all machine learning done off a of massive data collection. And so I think that the machine learning, the AI, the AI we're doing with the NFL, is really going to take uh, a, a safety to uh, uh, to incredible places over the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the rule changes alone have been super impactful. You see a reduction in in concussions. That's a big deal. Like these are are really important things. And Larry as a player and now a person who gets to comment on the players, but also, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of like a, like you feel like a coach to me, you know, I feel like you could be out there coaching any of these teams if you wanted to. So how are you kind of viewing all of this and do, do the players, how are the players adopting it now? Like, you know, they're you know a little younger than us, but you know, like they, how, how do they feel about all of these things? No, first of all, you know, I just want to tip your tip my hat to AWS, the national football league for, for seeing, you know, that there was an issue, right? There's a player safety issue that needed to be addressed and very easily could have been swept under the rug, but they chose to make the game safer. And they continue to do that based on the information that they're able to get from all the data sources that are available to them now. And I, I really, as a former player, I really appreciate that. Um, and as a broadcaster, you know, to be able to be in week 17, week 16, week 15, and still be able to talk and cover the very best players in the league because they're healthy, they're on the field, they're playing, they're actually on the field um you know makes it so much better not only for us but for all the fans like you want to see russell wilson playing in, in late december you want to see aaron Rodgers, and you want to see saquon barkley and you want to see ezekiel elliott and all these great players playing and the national football league aws and so many others have contributed into making this game much safer um and as a, as a former player if you can play longer you can you can make more money you can raise the visibility of the game which improves the possibility of partnerships with great corporations around our country and internationally you can grow the game into different different countries you see that we you, now we brought the game to germany multiple games in, in europe there was a game in, again last year in mexico and i, I see that only continuing to happen but only if we continue to, to prioritize players' health and, uh, and continue to find ways to be able to keep them on the field and allow them to do what they love to do. And that gives the fans the ability to, to do what they love to do and watch the games. Yeah. I mean, look, like being able last year, the NFL had over at least decade high, like number of lead changes in the fourth quarter, number mm -hmm. of games that were won in the fourth quarter, number of games that were competitive, the length of time in which teams were still playoff eligible. These are all things that make our game more fun to watch. And the reason the NFL is so special is in part due to parity, but it only works with that parity, which means, you know, you're all dealing with the same amount of money. And then the teams that have the worst record get to pick first in the draft, et cetera. But that parity allows you to have like 
these like amazing stories of fourth to first place in your division every single season, but health and safety, if your quarter, if your number one quarterback isn't playing, the guy who takes up the biggest part of your cap, it's going to be harder to win. Solipsky says AWS goes beyond the NFL into other stick and ball and motorsports. We love uh, the NFL. We love the NFL relationship. Uh, it's amazing for fans, uh, first and foremost. Um, but uh, yeah, in our spare time, uh, we, we do a lot of really exciting things with a lot of uh, leagues and sports around uh, around the whole world. Um, so Bundesliga, which is obviously the, uh, the premier uh, soccer league in Germany, uh, we've got a similar type of thing with, uh, uh, with, with match stats that fans can watch live uh, during, uh, during Bundesliga matches. Uh, so that's pretty incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm really uh, uh, thrilled and excited about the w- uh, work we do with uh, the NHL, National Hockey League. And they've got all sorts of stats going. It's, it's, a, a, it's tricky with the puck. And you think about how much trouble the average fan has understanding what's going on you know, with things around the puck. So uh, we've got things like uh, uh, face-off uh, percentage, probably prob- probability of winning. Uh, one I really like now is called uh, opportunity analysis, which is the probability of a shot going in, given all sorts of factors, including who the player is, where the shot's coming from, where the goalie's positioned. Is a crossing uh, crossing a line where the defenders are positioned, and uh, again, it's just the type of thing where uh, where if you're a fan, uh, it's really interesting. And what's really cool is that the teams are also now picking up this data, which, by the way, the NFL teams are doing more and more as well, and you'll see that more in the future. But uh, this data is all being ama- being made available to NHL teams, and uh, it's incredible from a uh, from a tactical uh, standpoint uh, uh, in the games. Um, and then, of course, we do a ton with uh, with Formula One. There are hundreds of sensors on uh, on every car, and uh, producing all sorts of stats, which just make the sport way more approachable. Yeah, uh, if you ever watched a race, you know it's very hard to understand and see different things going on in the race, just given how big uh, uh, how big the track is. And so, by uh, providing access to all sorts of different stats and different views, all of a sudden, it's truly giving fans not only a deeper, but I would say a broader view of what's going on uh, at, uh, at that type of event. Um, so lots of different things, um, lots of different sports, PGA, uh, golf as well. And uh, uh, we're doing a lot of machine learning uh, with them. We're trying to figure out how to make you know, better fan experiences for, uh, for golf fans with the PGA. Well, I mean, look, you're speaking Larry's language here because I joke, but obviously we are both also fans of other sports, especially golf for Larry, I hear big things about you know maybe maybe you're well, on the a little, little secret uh, the the larry's secret passion is pickleball i happen to know so <laughs> do you have sensors for pickleball yet that's why we get to come to work tomorrow there's still more to do <laughs> perfect we can i'm gonna name them for you already they're gonna be called the fits those things all the, that's what the data that's gonna be called. like so you know every as a true nerd knows, you need to name all of your tech projects. That is just the way it goes. And this one is Project Fit. <laughs> I like it. It, it fits. It, <laughs> oh, even better. That's fantastic. Like, but Larry, as a, as a former athlete, but putting your fan hat on a little bit, how are you kind of experiencing this change in the ability to really digest, especially some of these like you know, F1 hasn't been huge in the United States for very long. Like, how are you starting to digest some of these like stats and, and information opportunities and this opportunity analysis for, for that AWS is providing? Well, I think it's amazing first that Adam and Andy are both avid fans of sports in general, and they're going to stay committed to making the experience that fans at home 
um, are, are, is going to be, you know, unparalleled to anything that anybody else can do. I know they're going to stay committed to that. As a, so as a sports fan, that makes me really excited. I, I've, I've been to a few F1 races in Miami and Austin, looking forward to going to um, to Vegas this year. Um, I've been to uh, Germany to a, to a couple games, been to a Bayern Munich game. Um, obviously, I've been to a bunch of NHL games. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of sports, love, love going to PGA Tour events. And I love that all of this information that's being collected is only going to make the game uh, better for the players, give them more information, knowledge, teams to be able to give the players more resources to be able to help them perform at a higher level. And as a spectator, um, it makes the game uh, and the races and, and, and the matches just that much more competitive um, from, a, from a parity perspective. And, you know, I, I think it's a win-win for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be able to watch, you know, what's, what the future brings. Johnson and Solipsky explain how F1 Insights, powered by AWS, can help fans and teams understand data and the spectacle of a Grand Prix weekend at a large venue. Did you go to any new F1 races yet? Have you have you been to any? Yeah, I was I was lucky enough this year to to go to a couple. I was in uh, uh, Miami, and then okay. in uh, and then in Monaco because we're obviously, as I mentioned, yeah. big partners with uh, with Formula One as well as with. Uh, uh, Ferrari team uh, specifically, so yeah. um, it's really good to be able to kind of uh, go and check those out. Did you find yourself being able to actually watch it and enjoy the skill set that's, uh, that's required to drive, or were you more like you know in the in this in the place where you were holding conversations and meet with partners? Well, it's uh, as I said. Well, there there's some amount of that of that for me personally, but uh, I mean it's just amazing just to. Uh, I mean, the, the sheer, if you've never been to an F1, if somebody's never been to an F1 race, I mean, just the sheer speed. I mean, the uh, the the speed of the decision-making that has to happen, just oh, given yeah. what's going on with those uh, with those amazing machines, uh, kind of just gives you a new respect for what, for what those drivers have to do. Um, okay. But uh, uh, yeah, you, you kind of need a, a lot of help to see what's going on with the whole race. So having a screen of some kind, you know, mm -hmm. is, is super helpful. And having uh, you know a lot of useful information on that screen uh, 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 certainly helps a lot. What's next for next-gen stats? Solipsky describes personalization, while Freeland sees an award show based on NGS stats, including a reference to a stat about officials mentioned earlier. I think uh, you know if we basically uh, look back at the season and said, "Oh my gosh, we had fans just clamoring for you know more next-gen stats for." more analysis of their uh, favorite players. Uh, I think we're, get, we're pushing to do personalization. I think if you look forward a little bit, uh, you'll be able to uh, personalize these type of things. And based on what you're interested in, you know, it could be fed uh, uh, really different things than based on what I'm interested in. So I think that's ahead on the horizon. And I, I know the NFL is also working with you know, uh, optical tracking now, which is gonna take all this next gen stats from 2D to 3D. Uh, and that's going to be an amazing new technology, which will produce a ton of data. And we're going to work together to uh, analyze that data. And that's one of the next frontiers. Can we, can I give my unsolicited, like what I would like for it? Because I would like the, the next gen studies when you meaning, I would like an award show at the end of the season, we could put it on prime and it's like the next gen stats winners in every, in like certain categories. I'll come up with, the, I'll do all the work for you and I'll figure out what the answers are. But I think it would be a really fun one, like a little nerdy, like a little, it'd be very fun, but who doesn't like an award show? I'd love to win an award. That's great. And one special category, since now I know that you have the refs uh, shift as well. I would really like ref speed. Like who's the fastest ref? I want to know. That'd be a great one. Yeah, that'd be a great one. <laughs> 
we're gonna we're, 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 i think we're gonna go take a hard look at that one it's a fantastic idea <laughs> awesome thanks for listening to believe in the media guide if you enjoy this show please subscribe and rate the podcast and find us wherever you get podcasts including believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v.com i'm on x at hotem h-o-t-h-e-m as in mary stay tuned and stay safe Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.